0: want to witness the world's biggest football game head to icanwin.com.au. predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the fifa world cup Qatar 2022 semifinals all thanks to mcdonald's maccas together and loving it tnc's apply
1: well we've got chris on the line from uh from st louis he's going through all things u.s sport tampa bay Chris, let let's start with that. You just mentioned them. Uh, by golly, what is going on there? I mean, I think the question just has to be asked: Is Tom Brady gone a year too long? It would just seem that way because they were abysmal against Carolina yesterday.
0: Yeah, they've been abysmal the last you know last couple of weeks. They lose to Pittsburgh in uh, a rookie quarterback. They lose to and and no defense as well. Then yesterday. This should have been a get-right game for Tampa. This has had all the makings of a get-right game where you've got you've got Carolina, who just fired their coach, who just exiled their number one wide receiver, and just traded their best player to San Francisco. I it, the, the liquidation deal is on in Carolina. This should have been a blowout for Tampa, and instead Tampa gets blown out. Just the 12th time in Brady's career – that he's held that he does not get an offensive touchdown. Twelfth time in his 22-year career, no offensive touchdowns for Tom Brady yesterday. Just, just a shocking result. 21 to three uh, to the Carolina Panthers, and this whole NFC South division, uh, we we no longer call it the, the South. It's spelled S O U T H. It is now uh, spelled, It's now pronounced South. S O U F, as in the grade they're getting right now, the entire division. Because the leaders of the NFC South are three and four. That would be Tampa and Atlanta. Atlanta is tied for first in the NFC South.
1: Yeah, it's not uh, not looking great uh, with regards to to Tampa Bay's sort of playoffs. No perspective and 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 how they're going to shape up towards the back end of the season and, with, and yeah no you, you're spot on you're spot on with regards to 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 that period and that area of the of the nfl and i mean what 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 do they have to do to to change it up i mean there's not i don't think there's really a lot they can do really i don't know
0: now I, i'm gonna be fair though i this could this the complexion of the game could have been a whole lot different had mike evans uh, in the first quarter, caught that touchdown pass. And you know what play I'm talking about. His defender falls down. He is so wide open on this deep pass from Brady that if Mike Evans catches it, he is able to moonwalk into the end zone for a touchdown. All right? Easiest catch in the world. The problem is the ball hit Mike Evans in a bad spot right in the hands, and he <laughs> dropped it. Yeah. And, and I, that could have Maybe maybe it doesn't change the complexion of the game. Maybe it just turns it into a into a twenty one ten game. But it, it was just a sign of, oh boy, there there are specific problems there in Tampa Bay. This Absolutely. is not the Tampa team of a couple of years ago that won the Super Bowl. No, this, I this team has issues, and it, they look they look so bad yesterday. I'm I'm a little surprised. Brady didn't go full Antonio Brown at, at MetLife last year, <laughs> rip his jersey and his shoulder pads off, and just go running up the tunnel in the third quarter, waving peace out to everybody, hopping on a plane to Miami, showing up at Giselle's doorstep, begging her to take him back.
1: <laughs> it would fit. Uh, it, that would have been the feel-good story, I think, from from his perspective. But I mean, like, I, I just. The thing is, and I think you mentioned it perfect there with the Evans drop catch, you know, and I think in these situations is that the best teams and the way you turn these things around is, is just do the simple things, right. And if you can't do the simple things, right, well, you may as well not even rock up really. And, you know, I think that's what the Buccaneers have to go back to, but the problem is trying to find that mojo again. And look, from my perspective, it's just hard to see them rebounding off that loss to to Carolina, I mean, I know maybe they can sort of push towards playoffs because we know how good Tom Brady is and, you know, he's, he's the greatest, greatest quarterback of, of all time and, and probably the greatest player of all time. But this, this, this looks like a ship that has well and truly sailed from a Buccaneers perspective. Let, let's, let's focus on another quarterback who, well, I mean, is, is a household name, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, uh, a loss to the Washington Commanders, twenty-three to twenty-one. What on earth is going on at Green Bay? <laughs> Another team that is
0: having systemic issues. Uh, they were down a couple of wide receivers yesterday. That's that's a starting point. That's that's never a good sign when you're down down wide receivers. But but still, this is Aaron Rodgers against Tyler Heine, or Taylor Heineke. Now, now here's the interesting thing: Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, future Hall of Famers. They lost to P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke yesterday, two alums from the from XSL 2.0 a couple of years ago.
1: How, how's that for a story? Wow, it's it's isn't it amazing how things? Isn't it amazing how times change, Chris? And I think you mentioned that to me off air when we were discussing this. It's just you know, what is it? Out out with the old, in with the new type situation and we actually had a caller call in a couple of weeks ago saying that there are massive, massive, massive danger signs for the Packers because of the lack of, not just the lack of depth they have in the wide receiver area, but if they are to get any injuries and miss these wide receivers, well, they're going to be cooked and you just mentioned it then, they were down a few wide receivers and you can just see the the weak underbelly which, you know, which belies the, the Green Bay Packers and I mean, a loss to the Commanders. I mean, where do the Green Bay Packers sit now? Losing record with three and four, and the season's on a knife edge at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I said last week, after their their blowout loss at home to the Jets, let me repeat that: at home to the Jets, <laughs> that there were systemic issues there in in uh, Green Bay. Losing to Washington on the road, that doesn't change my opinion at all. In fact, it enhances it. Um, you know, the they they lost to Adams last, or during the off season. He's in Vegas now. Uh they were down um their their rookie their uh rookie wide receiver Christian Watson. Uh I know they were missing it I think it was wasn't it Lazard that was missing as well yesterday? They had Sammy Watkins come back, but they just don't have the weapons that that Aaron Rodgers is used to, and um, it, there's no there's no easy solution to it right now. And Rodgers, mm-hmm. his stat line yesterday, this is not Aaron Rod, uh, an Aaron Rodgers stat line. Twenty three of thirty five, one hundred ninety four yards, two touchdown passes. They were both to running back Aaron Jones. Okay, Taylor Heineke, I. Admit, Taylor Heineke had better numbers. Heineke was twenty of thirty-three for two hundred one, two touchdowns and a pick. Okay, they both base Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Heineke basically had the same stat line yesterday, and you don't expect that from Aaron Rodgers, no matter who he's throwing the ball to. Man, the the this wide receiver core as currently constructed in Green Bay, it is not very good now get Christian Watson back, and he's learning as a rookie. He's he's decent, but he's now missed two straight games. How long is he going to be out? And who's, who's Aaron going to be throwing the ball to? Some random dude in the seventh row who shows up wearing a wide receiver jersey?
1: <laughs> it would seem that way. That's the way it's going for the Packers at the moment. It all looks downhill. I mean, three losses in a row now. They lost in London, lost yeah. at home last week, and now – now a loss to the commanders and uh, yeah, it's looking, it's looking doom and gloom, unfortunately for the Packers at the moment. Let's move on to some of the other big games that we saw in the, in the morning, uh, namely the 49ers and the chiefs. It was a letdown from the 49ers, because I think the one thing we were saying, Chris, last week coming into this game was, you know, the 49ers defense, the 49ers defense, the 49ers defense. Now it's been coupled with, you know, a little bit of improvement on the offensive line, but Boy, oh boy, did the Kansas City Chiefs just open them wide open and say, here you go, lads, 44 points, Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns, 423 yards from his 34 attempts. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he is humming at the moment, Chris.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were talking about the 49ers defense, the 49ers defense. We, We have the second part to that sentence now. The 49ers defense got babe yesterday <laughs> by the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs came into that game mad. I knew they were going to come in mad yesterday because of what happened against Buffalo a week ago. It didn't help matter. It, it didn't help their mood when San Francisco took a 10-0 lead in the first quarter when Ray-Ray McLeod got, uh, caught an eight-yard touchdown pass from Garoppolo. That made it 10-0, and you could almost sense the Chiefs on the sidelines going, "Oh, really? You gonna play us this way?" <laughs> uh, no, they came out firing after that. McCole Hardman touchdown catch. McCole Hardman touchdown run. Um, got the got the Chiefs the lead at halftime, and then they just went bang in the in the in the second half. Um, they uh you know, Clyde Edwards helaire touchdown run, Justin Watson touchdown pass. All of a sudden it's twenty eight sixteen at three quarter time. And, and then they just just run away with it. A couple of more touchdowns, they get a safety as well thrown in there. Just a dominating performance by the Chiefs on offense. And and that's Chiefs offense that we know and love. Yeah. Uh, spot on putting up forty four points even on good defenses. And and San Francisco's defence is is really a, is really a good defense. Uh but that that looks like the Chiefs from their Super Bowl year.
1: Yeah, it was definitely when they beat yeah, San Francisco spot on. In that, I in think, that Super
0: Bowl in twenty twenty. I think the one thing um, I think the one thing fact. we're
1: looking at is yeah, I think the one thing I'm looking at too is just the way Patrick Mahomes is, is humming in the pocket now and it just looks like he's wound back the clock to, to the days back to when they won. That Super Bowl, and I think, you know, they're the genuine threat to to Buffalo, and we saw that last week. And you, mm-hmm. you picked it, Chris. You said they were going to come out angry, and by golly, did they come out angry and and do a fantastic job uh, yesterday. Uh, the other games to to have a look at, and two in particular. Uh, yeah, there have- was, yeah, two two blokes that came back from from injury. First, Dak Prescott came back from injury after his fractured thumb. Cowboys win twenty four to six, and. It was a nice little cherry on top to see him throw that touchdown pass in the last couple of minutes to give the Cowboys a win. What did you make of the game?
0: Uh I didn't get to watch it. I it looked like almost that you know Dak took a half to shake the rust off.
1: Correct. Because that was yeah. a
0: six three Lions lead at halftime. I the, the offense was the offense was absolutely non existent in the first half. It is almost like the Dak was taking a half took the first half and shook the rust off, okay second half came out looked solid, looked more like the Dak Prescott Prescott were used to uh, so it it's a good sign get him back into the lineup get get them get get uh get back firing again um because you know they' they got a heck of a schedule you know coming up um. You know they they've got they've, they're still looking up at the Eagles they're still looking up at the Giants who won yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, the Cowboys are what five and two now correct. You got the Giants at six and one, you got the Eagles at six and zero. Oh. They're coming off their bye, so I mean that's a heck of a division, and you still got games against the Giants and the Eagles coming up, uh, and the Eagles you've already lost to. So, uh, but. You know, this, is, this was a game for – this was a really good time for, for Dak to come back. Kind of an easy game against a team that's struggling like the Lions were and just get that rush shaken off and get back to game speed because he hasn't played since week one, and, and it takes some time to get used to being on a football field again actually playing in games. You can simulate it all you want in practice, but until you're actually playing against guys who are on the field to do you harm there, there's nothing that simulates
1: that. Yeah, no, I think you summed that up perfectly there, and and yeah, I think it was it was a case of just Dak having to get back into the swing of things in the first half, and then Dallas obviously running away with it in that second half, twenty-one to zip in the second half against the Lions to set up that twenty-four to six victory. But the last game I wanted to to focus on mm-hmm. uh, just before we get to the break and then head into some other sports, uh, the Dolphins and Steelers. It, it was really nice to see Tua back in the gun. And, uh, and getting his yardage up and, and getting himself back onto the field for this Dolphins win. 16-10 to 10 against Pittsburgh. But, yeah, obviously the story out of this game is Tua coming back from concussion. And it, I, I just thought it, it was nice to see him get back into it.
0: Yeah, well, will somebody please tell Tua Tagovailoa though? It is okay to slide to get oh, him Oh,
1: I saw that he was, was leading one with one his head last night.
0: I think It was incredible. Oh. Where, where Tua, where, where Tua could have? Yeah, he's coming off concussion. For the love of God, he just missed two games with a concussion. Just went to the hospital in Week Four in Cincinnati when he got the concussion. And instead of sliding and giving himself up inside the ten yard line, he's putting his head down. He leaned with his head and his shoulder, trying to get an extra couple of yards. Everybody in Miami had to be going, Tua, slide.
1: <laughs> he has, uh, he has, uh, he has proverbials of steel, does he, Chris? Uh, what mate? It's just. Uh... You know, there's uh, no rest for the wicked, they say, and uh, mate, he's just That's something. It's uh, if if he didn't get plaudits before, uh, you know, the, the season that he's had this year and what he's done, surely he has to get them now for for his courage, not only to come back into the fold, but but to do what he did and, and put his body on the line again. And I think it's just a sign of a man who's just confident in his ability, and confident in his in his physicality, and confident in his physical attributes that. He doesn't think that you know something like this is is going to is going to deter him,
0: yeah and, and he I know no fear whatsoever, and that that's good to see in one way is that hes he was back on the field last night and absolutely firing first drive out of the gate, you know they go on a, they go on a long touchdown drive. Straight away, don't waste any time. They're up seven nothing um, on a on a touchdown pass from, from Tua to uh, Raheem Mostert, but they they were quick passes. There were also some, some some deep balls in that drive. They were just marching the ball down the field. There wasn't any any conservatism in them in the Dolphins' game plan at all. Coming out coming out to start the game, just fire, run this thing down the field, show the Show everybody, hey, Tua is back, he is 100%, and you need to fear the Dolphins again. From the other side, though, you know, I, I've got to give some props to Kenny Pickett. Yeah, he threw two mm-hmm. late interceptions. That is, that's the thing you're going to get with a, young, with a rookie quarterback who is still learning how to play in the NFL. But he had those last two drives he had that didn't result in points late in the game that, that were ended on interceptions. Pickett Pickett can move the ball down the field. He had a couple of throws. He had one throw to Friermuth. um, I think it was on a third and long that was absolutely thrown through a football-sized window. Friermuth was covered. The defender was underneath him and was in man coverage. So he's facing Friermuth. But Pickett throws it right past the defender's arm, right into moose's arms. It was a perfect throw. You couldn't have thrown it any better. I, and that's the that's the type of thing I love seeing from Kenny Pickett. I loved watching him in college because he did the exact same thing in college. He's going to be a really good quarterback for Pittsburgh. They just need to be patient with him. Take these L's. take these lumps now. Because you're because you're going to see his growth and development, and in a couple three years he is going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I have
1: no doubt. I think it's safe to say, in your heart of hearts, that Kenny Pickett has definitely got, he's definitely got a spot in yours, Chris. Uh, it's safe to say that I think. But uh, away from that game now, let's focus on this uh, game between the Patriots mm-hmm. and the Bears. Now there is a big. Uh, there's a big news story coming out of this game. Well, it's—I mean, it's, it adds to the theatre of the game, Chris. That Bill Belichick will actually uh, move to the second most wins in NFL history as a coach if he is to defeat the Bears. And ironically, he'll actually overtake George Halas, who's a legendary figure at the Bears. So the Patriots play the Bears. Belichick wins this game. He overtakes George Halas into official second spot for the most wins. In NFL history, do the Patriots win this one, or is it the Bears who win it, Chris?
0: Uh, I'm I'm leaning Patriots in this game uh, tonight because I mean, they're the Bears just are not good. But yeah, it's almost like the schedule makers at the NFL had a plan when when they put out the schedule for this year for Week Seven, Patriots Bears Monday night because they knew Belichick was getting close to 325. And they, that the Patriots and the Bears were going to play each other this year. It's almost like the schedule makers knew something. But how big is how big of a of a of a present is George Halas in Chicago? Okay, George Halas died 1983, and if you look on the on the on the sleeves of the of the Bears jerseys, you see GSH. That's George Halas's initials. He was the founder. He was the first owner of the Chicago Bears when they were the Decatur Staley's in 1920. He was their first owner. He was their first coach. He coached them for 40 years in four different stints uh, up until 1967 and, and left as the winningest coach in NFL history since passed by Don Shula. But, to, to, if there is any one god figure in Chicago football, it is George Hallis, without question. He is the the Bears practice facility is called Hallis Hall. <laughs> he he is a he is he is a presence in Chicago in the in the Chicago Bears football franchise history. He he means everything to this franchise, and and, and to have Belichick get a chance to pass Hallis tonight. To become the second winningest all-time coach in NFL history, it's it's appropriate. Uh, you know, see that torch passed from the bear from the Bears legend to to Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be kind of cool to see uh, the Bears on the field for this. one. and I do think Belichick and the Patriots get this done. I will tell you though, if Matt Jones struggles tonight because he's supposed to be starting for the Patriots tonight, if he struggles. Start listening for the rumblings for Bailey Zappi. You will see a quarterback controversy started if Matt Jones does not get it done
1: Okay, so pressure on Mac Jones. The Patriots are the nine-point favorite for that particular game. Let's take a break here on the Overnight Crowd, and uh, we'll be back with plenty of more U.S. sports uh, after this break. You're listening to the Overnight Crowd. We'll be joined by Chris Perkins again after the break to chat all things baseball, chat a little bit of NBA and some college sports uh, that uh, uh, has been uh, doing a little bit of to and froing as well, which which we'll venture to get into. You're listening to The Overnight Crowd. We'll be back after this. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app and, of course, through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani in the studio with you going through all things American sports. We're joined by Chris Perkins, our US sports correspondent. We just ventured through a big week of NFL. We've got one more game to come, obviously, tomorrow night, which is Monday night football over in the US. And it's Tuesday morning football over here in Australia, the Patriots playing against Chicago tomorrow morning or this morning coming up at 15 past 11 but uh Chris joins us on the line to chat all things US sports Major League Baseball while well, the World Series is here it's the Astros versus the Phillies and uh while well, Chris it's uh it's a it's a World Series that is built up huge anticipation and uh, well I, I'm really looking forward to it uh Having followed in the postseason with all the stuff that you and I do over the airways, but uh, what did you make of it all? Like Yankees and Astros, it was a, it was just a, a brutal clean sweep.
0: Yeah, the the Yankees just kind of meekly went away <laughs> in, in the American League Championship Series. I, this this World Series, if you want, if you want a biblical reference here, David and Goliath would be the natural one. Yeah, because you got the Houston Astros, their fourth World Series. In six years against the Philadelphia Phillies, who so haven't been here since 2009. Okay? The Astros won 106 games. The Phillies were the last team to get into the playoffs. Shouldn't even be anywhere near this level, uh, near this position. Yet, that's exactly what we get. We get hey. the Astros and, and we <laughs> get the Phillies. But yep. yeah, the Yankees, just, just quite, the The Astros are just such a good baseball team uh went 6-5 last night in the Bronx sweep the series the Astros remain unbeaten in the playoffs they're 7 and 0 after their uh, sweep of the Mariners in the division series uh can the Phillies stop them well listen the you know the Cardinals were supposed to beat the Phillies in the wild card round and and then the the Braves were supposed to beat the Phillies in the divisional series and that didn't happen and the Padres were the better team in the LCS, and the Phillies won the series in five. So can, can Houston, Houston finally vanquish this, uh, these upstarts in Philadelphia, or does the magic of October go one more series for the Phillies? Yeah. And Bryce Harper, by the way, gets his World Series moment. He does. He gets his shot at the World Series he he left Washington the year before they won the World Series signed that massive free agent contract in Philadelphia his former team the next season goes on to win the World Series so uh, now now Bryce gets his shot for for October glory uh playing playing in his first World Series it'll be awesome to see and he was the guy who sent the Phillies there last night hit that hit that two-run homer in the 8th inning opposite field that had Citizens Bank Park sh- shaking last night when he hit that thing. Yeah, it's good. It, it was just an incredible yeah. sight. It, it, now, the crowd was about half the... I'll give you reference. How bad was the MCG shaking um, when when
1: India beat Pakistan? Oh, wow. It was, Which I just watched oh,
0: the tail end of that game.
1: Let me tell you something, Chris. Look, India and Pakistan, like, as cricketing nations, it's two of the big... Like, this is massive rivalry. Like, it's just huge. It's just... Absolutely enormous. The MCG erupted at every at every boundary, at every wicket, at every moment in that game. It was it was a sight to behold. The sounds were amazing. It was like a it was a cacophony of just amazing, you know, just just the amazement that we see out on the sporting field, all brought into one. Ninety five thousand, over ninety five thousand there. It was just uh, it it was unbelievable. But you you think it was something similar when. When uh when the Phillies did the job done,
0: yeah, I watched the last nine overs of that of India Pakistan. By the way, um, ESPN Plus is carrying the Cricket World Cup over here. Right, there okay, awesome for, for us. Uh, uh, at least, uh, at least us casual cricket fans who, <laughs> who do love their who do love a bit of T Twenty. But uh, yeah, I, I dare say the crowd half the size of the MCG crowd in Philadelphia last night when. When that ball landed off of Bryce Harper's bat in the bleachers, I dare say the crowd in Philly was louder than the MCG, the <laughs> India one. I, I I can't prove it. You might but I, reckon, I gotta feel it. You but might I, ruffle the feathers here, Chris. Shaking down to what is it's shaking down to its foundation. <laughs>
1: I think uh, I think you you might ruffle the feathers up with some of the people in the audience, Chris. But I think we could safely say that both sets of fans went absolutely <laughs> bonkers at each ground. Can I just play and and you sent this to a, you sent this to me before, and I actually wanted to play just before we get away from the uh, from the Major League Baseball. Pedro Martinez. Now I don't know if anyone was watching this post game or anything like that, but let, let's <laughs> let's have a listen to what he said uh, post uh, Astros clean sweeping the New York Yankees. It's basically a case of cry more Yankees fans. One question. Yes. For all of New York. Yes. New York.
0: (laughs) Who's your daddy now? I just want to know. I want an answer and I want it quick. New York. Who's your daddy? Should I say the Astros? It's not Big Papi anymore. It's not me.
1: Who's your daddy? I want to ask New York. (laughs) There we go. A little bit of what Pedro Martinez had to say post-ass shows what did what did you make of that, Chris? Oh, I love banter like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it adds to the atmosphere and it adds it adds to it adds to the game. I think. You never get far away from the whole Boston New
0: York thing, the whole Yankees <laughs> Red Sox thing. You never no matter how how many years it's been since Pedro Martinez has been in the mound at Yankee Stadium as a member of the Boston Red Sox, there is still that hatred and he just knows right where to stick the knife to. Break it out of Who's Your Daddy bomb after the after the Yankees get swept by the Astros. I I I am all I am all in for the petty. That was petty to the extreme from Pedro last night.
1: It was. It was. Uh, I. Don't, I didn't mind it. I thought it. I, as I said, I thought it added to the broadcast, and I thought it just. It just adds to to the anger of the Yankees fans, and it adds to the delight of of, of Boston, and it also adds the to, to the delight of of the Houston Astros. But just before we move away from uh, uh, baseball, uh, Chris, I've got a I got a text through coming here off the uh, off the line saying, uh, can you ask uh, Perko about the ten million dollar bet? That was placed on the Astros to win the World Series. Were you? I think you may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, Mattress Mack. Uh, yes, there are sports books out there that have to be a little bit nervous right now because Mattress Mack, Jim McInvale, owner of Gallery Furniture, it's a chain of furniture stores in Houston, does a promotion every year. You go in, you buy three thousand dollars worth of furniture, and if the Houston Astros win the World Series, you get your money back. Okay? simple promotion <laughs> engenders a lot of goodwill in the community. He's he's a huge Astros fan. Jim is so uh, now. The way he hedges against that, because obviously, you know, if you're giving money back, if you're making a money back guarantee. Uh, that's that's a lot of money we're talking about for furniture over the last few months that has been bought. Uh, so what Jim does, what Mattress Mac does, he hedges. He takes the takes the pros, some of the proceeds uh, of the furniture sales, and he bets on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. And, and this this has been so popular this year, apparently. That uh, mattress Mac has felt the need to bet ten million dollars at various points in time on the Houston Astros. Some of the time, some of the bets he got at ten to one odds. Some of the bets he got at five to one odds. So it works out if the Houston Astros win the World Series, that ten million dollars Chris Mac bet turns into a seventy-five million dollar <laughs> payday. Which is believed to be the largest, largest uh, payout in legalized sports betting
1: history. Oh wow, it's <laughs> it's absolutely enormous. I mean, the the numbers are astronomical. But again, you know, it's smart smart operating, smart operations, and you know, as you said, if it's goodwill for the Houston community to to give back in that regard, well, then so be it. And you know, to be even bigger if if the Astros can if the Astros can get the job done. In in the World Series, uh, we'll get off Major League Baseball now. But just before we get off it, uh, Chris, who wins the World Series and why?
0: I'm going to say Houston. Uh, well, and that's that's my lean right now, Houston, because they're a 106 win team. They've got Justin Verlander, who is, I think, is the best pitcher in the game still. Right now, uh, they're they're going to have plenty of rest, but. So are the Phillies because they they both clinched at the same time. We'll preview this a little a uh, little more in depth on Friday because mm-hmm. Game One's not until Friday, so I'll I'll have some time to look into this a little deeper, get get a nice little preview for for the World Series coming up. But uh, my my initial leanings are Houston just I, because you know that that 106 wins they're unbeaten in the postseason and most importantly to me anyway. That that World Series experience. They've been there four times in the last six years. This is a team that that's been through the battles. Um, now the question is, you know, they've lost two of those three World Series they've been in. Can can they come back and win the big one again like they did in 2017? We'll we'll find out. But that's my lean right now. But I'll I'll have I'll have an official pick for you on Friday.
1: Beautiful. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, we'll take a quick little break here and then stick. Are you happy to stick around, Chris? We'll get into a final little bit of NBA and some, some college football and then, then we can wrap it up.
0: Yeah. Let's hit some college football next. I got a weird story for you from, from a lower level of college football.
1: Beautiful. Okay. We'll get stuck into that after the break. You're listening to the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. About to wrap things up here on the overnight crowd, but uh, to wrap it up, uh, Chris Perkins, our US sports correspondent, has held the line to have a chat and recap of all things college ball that uh, occurred over the weekend. And uh, well, Chris, the the floor is yours. There's one particular game you wanted to you wanted to have a chat about?
0: Yeah, it's in a lower division. I'll get to that in a second. Just a weird happening on Saturday. Uh, but the top 25, a couple of teams were off. I mean, number one, Georgia. Number four, Michigan. They had the day off uh, on Saturday. Ohio State looked good. Tennessee looked good. They beat up uh, their their opposition. Clemson survived a scare. They were 21-10 down at the half. Rallied to beat Syracuse 27-21. A couple of upsets. Ole Miss, number seven blown out in Death Valley by LSU 45-20. Uh, Oregon beat UCLA, previously unbeaten UCLA, 45-30. So that throws the Pac-12 into mass chaos. Uh, but the one story I wanted to mention, uh, if you think you had a bad day at the office, you're having a bad day at the office, uh, spare a thought for a, a guy by the name of Grant Sands. He is the long snapper for Weber State University. Uh, their game on Saturday against uh, Mon- against Montana State in the FCS, uh, Sands was responsible for not one, not two, not three, but four <laughs> safety. He's the long snapper, and he was long snapping all right, like <laughs> over the head of the, the punter or past the punter off to the side. <laughs> Four safeties in this game, uh, a game that Weber State, by the way, lost by five points, <laughs> forty-three to thirty-eight.
1: Oh, that's gonna. Uh, you know what? I'm actually gonna go back when we end this up in a minute. I'm actually gonna go and have a look at because I'm just looking at. There's a Twitter page called Sickos Committee that's uh, that's actually videoed out and 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 shown us all these all these safeties that occurred for, for Weber State. We shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, Chris said. And I think that's the way of looking at these things. So well, an incredible series of events there. But uh, Chris, uh, I, I think that's a good way to wrap it up with a, with a bit of a laugh after some of the serious stuff we went through. We've got a, a minute to go here on the uh, on the overnight crowd. But uh, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward most uh, coming, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to most on Friday is your uh, your big preview of the of the Major League Baseball World Series. You may be leaning to the Astros as it currently stands, but uh, mate, it's always always a pleasure to do it with you in the last hour of the overnight crowd, and uh, we will we will chat very soon, my friend. Good way to end it. All right, sounds good. Have a good night. You too, Chris. All the best, Chris from Missouri there. Wrapping it up here on the Overnight Crowd for another morning and evening. Plenty of sporting action to come on the SEN airwaves. The T20 World Cup continues uh, tonight. It continues throughout the day. Australia facing Sri Lanka in Perth. That game will commence at 10pm. Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time. Australia looking to bounce back and get in two winning ways after that debacle of a performance uh, against New Zealand a couple of nights ago. And I'll tell you what, if that India-Pakistan game is anything to go by in this T20 World Cup, we are set for an absolute cracker in the coming weeks. That's a wrap for the overnight crowd here. Tuesday morning coming up to 3am. Stick around. Boys will be doing it in the morning again. Been a pleasure bringing it to you for another night and morning. Bye for now.
0: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tyre Power gives you the power of Zip Pay and Zip Money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 132191.